This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek. I'm so glad that you're here with me today because we are talking about student athletes and nutrition. Now, I don't know if you've been an athlete before, if you have athletes who are kids, if you are around athletes at all, but I have made a few observations in my past few years of working with athletes and working in that kind of sports scene and gym scene. And my conclusion is that many athletes eat garbage. <laughs> like, I don't want to say, I know I'm going to get some pushback from that because, of course, there are some, you know, athletes who take their nutrition very seriously. But I coach a lot of former athletes who fully recognize that their eating habits in their younger years weren't ideal. And that is because they were following the premise of as long as I'm active, I don't need to eat healthy. And that all stems from that illusion that weight is the best indicator of your health, which I hope by now you know it is not. There are plenty of people in an quote-unquote average weight who are not healthy on the inside. They are maybe battling disease. And on the flip side of that, there are a lot of people in what some might consider a larger body who have perfect blood work. Their labs are all great. Everything is fine and they are fully healthy. So that was an aside to the fact that many athletes assume that if they are going to just, you know, quote unquote, burn it off, which is an illusion, you don't burn off anything. But anyways, if they are active enough, they don't have to watch what they eat. So I want to spend some time talking a little bit today. If you have, if you, if you're an athlete, great. This will be very relevant to you. Or if you have children in your lives that are athletes, this will be relevant to you to help them. So let's start off. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about why nutrition is important for athletes. I also want to spend some time talking about some specific nutrition that student athletes need or athletes in general need. And then I'm going to talk about a few tips on how you can help feed your athletes if they are children or you can feed yourself some tips that way. Um, Because tips, I think, just even if they're ones that you've heard before, they get your brain thinking and they get you in a state of mind of problem solving and kind of applying things to what might be relevant to you. All right. So let's talk first about why nutrition is important for athletes. Now, you may think, oh, well, duh, it needs, you know, energy and, and we need to support our body that way. Which, yes, is true. But getting the required vitamins, minerals, and nutrients is super important, especially for children athletes, because they're growing. And every cell in our body is created using the nutrients you get from food. I know you're probably like, duh, but sometimes we need to hear that again because we we forget that 
the only way, well, one of the only ways that our body can restore itself and heal itself and build new tissue is by getting the tools it needs through the foods that we have. So all of these little cells in our body are like tiny pieces of a giant puzzle that makes up you and your body. And in children, the, their cells are, are rapidly growing and multiplying. And not only do those cells need nutrients to support just general growth, but you add on activity to that as well. And you can see how getting the tools and the building blocks to support that growth and activity is vital. So it's kind of similar. I always give this this metaphor or this illusion, or not illusion, but this uh, imagery of building a house. So I've talked before about how I have this weird obsession with like staring at these like decrepit old falling down houses. It's like, it's a, it's a problem I have and I'm okay with it because I just, I'm so fascinated with these, these caving in decrepit houses, but I can't help and think how similar it is to our bodies. And no, you're not like walking down the street and like imploding. <laughs> like, you know, it's not the exact same, but the imagery is similar. So similar to you trying to build a house using the wrong tools or missing supplies, trying to build a strong body without the right nutrition simply doesn't work. And that's when you start feeling the effects of that. So that, of course, it's not going to be you imploding, although there there is an argument about bone health and strong bones, but it's more along the lines of you feel fatigued. Uh, maybe you can't heal from injury or your children can't heal from injury or you're always sick or they have poor growth or performance or recovery. Those are the signs of the poor building blocks. So some common things that uh, I see a lot in athletes, especially kids who aren't getting uh, maybe the right balance of nutrition would be headaches is one. And of course, this can be caused by a number of things like stress or dehydration, but the foods that you're having or that your kids are having also can contribute. So nutrition can play a role in this particular area if your child or you are eating or drinking a lot of artificial sweeteners, food colorings or dyes, sugars, or things that they may be sensitive to. Um, of course, like I said, dehydration would be my number one thing. Like anytime my kids are like, I have a headache, I make them down a glass of water because usually throughout the day, they just don't drink enough. They don't think about it. And especially on, we're coming into the summertime at the time of this recording. So if your children or you are participating in summer activities, uh, that adds to the need for proper hydration, maybe even an electrolyte tablet, um, depending on the situation. But that would be my first go-to. But also, if, if they're fully hydrated, take a look at these other areas, like artificial sweeteners and sugars and food colorings and dyes, and specifically other foods that they may be sensitive to. So top things to kind of zone in on in the sensitivity department would be dairy. 75 to 90% of U.S. population is sensitive to dairy. So there's that. And even if you're like, no, dairy doesn't bother me. It might be. So just, it, it, and it can wax and wane. It can come and go. So could be something to look at. Um, also gluten. Of course, like gluten is a very, 
on a lot of people's minds, I guess, um, because of the fact that wheat, yes, there is the, the whole gluten issue and gluten sensitivity and non-celiac gluten sensitivity and all of that, which I can go into an, on another podcast episode. But one of the bigger links now is the fact not it's not necessarily the gluten, it's the wheat, and the wheat is being sprayed by pesticides. So you're actually reacting to the pesticides, not necessarily the gluten. So um, it's still kind of a controversial topic, of course, not one I'll get into, but overall messaging here is if you are getting headaches or if your child is getting headaches and you've ruled out dehydration and electrolyte imbalances, then take a look at, at food sensitivities. I don't necessarily think, I know a lot of people ask, should I get a food sensitivity panel? I don't necessarily think you should jump to that conclusion. I think there's a lot of things you can determine before that. I'm still not a huge fan of uh, food sensitivity panels because I think they're very misleading. Uh, but if you're kind of at your, your wits end and you don't know what to, where to go next, you, you know, you could try one of those, but anyways, that was an aside. Okay. So other nutrition related symptoms that you may notice would be fatigue. So feeling tired again, can also have a number of causes. Inadequate sleep is always the first question I ask people who say, I have, I'm always tired look at your sleep. Of course, that is the go-to. And that's the one that people don't want to talk about the most because it's the most obvious. And they get they get a little defensive. They're like, no, 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 it's not because of my sleep. And then when we really peel back the layers, they're like, oh yeah, it's because of my sleep. So start at the most obvious answer and work your way through the more challenging answer. Inadequate sleep. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they adequately getting good quality sleep? Are you and or them getting good quality sleep? You may be getting 10 hours of sleep, but if you're waking up four times, that's not good quality sleep. So that can affect, you know, your feelings of being tired. Also stress. So this one in children kind of gets overlooked as well. We often think like, oh, our kids aren't stressed. What do they have to be stressed about? You know, they have a lot, especially now with social media. I'm not going to go off on a tangent too much here, but Social media is a giant stressor for some kids. Um, so it's something to consider. It's something to think about. They may not have the physical stressors or they may not have the mental stressors, I should say, as an adult, like bills and traffic and appointments and all of that. But looking at it from their perspective, they still have some mental stress. There's a lot happening, especially in like the elementary, middle school, high school years. There's a lot happening socially. There's a lot happening that can cause stress. So that is an, another area to address and just to, uh, ask them about, are they feeling stressed? Overtraining and lack of nutrients is the other two big contributors to fatigue. So making sure that they are eating enough. I had Four people reach out to me last week alone with concerns that their student athletes were not eating enough. And when I looked at that, when I looked at the situation, I confirmed they are absolutely not eating enough. So you again, you factor in diet culture, you factor in social media, you factor in their age that, you know, that when you're going through certain times like puberty and certain times as teenage years, they are very much worried about image and, and body image and all of that. So that is a big factor. The kind of mental and, and component of that is a big factor. Uh, but lack of nutrients, especially like we just talked about, when their bodies are growing and the and you add in the activity to it, 
they need adequate nutrients to support that. And when they don't get that, they can feel tired. Also, having a diet that has a lot of processed foods like fried foods or a lot of foods that have chemicals or preservatives in them is a stressor on the body itself. That it's it's causing a physical stress on the body because now your body, your immune system has to deal with that. It has to process those chemicals and it has to get get rid of it and neutralize them. And that takes additional resources and it takes additional nutrients. So you might, they, you or they might require more vitamin C and glutathione and all of those ones because it's fighting to get rid of these toxins in your body. So that can add to fatigue. Um, another common kind of nutrient or nutrition related symptom that I see a lot or I hear a lot about is chronic illness and injury. So if your child or if you seem to always be sick or injured or they can't recover or it takes them longer to recover, 100% look at their nutrition. The demands that are placed on a child's body can be a lot, especially as they become more competitive in their play. So there's a lot of pressure. I live in the South, so there are there's a lot, a lot of competition. There's a lot of attention. There's a lot of focus on certain sports and certain kid age groups, and it can get very, very intense quickly. So there's a lot of competition, and when the body doesn't have the tools, again, the nutrients, to repair the muscles and help the muscles grow and help support the bones and help support the joints and the ligaments, in addition to adding on the stressors of growth spurts and all of that, this can result in weakness and it can result in illness and it can result in injury. So if you are a coach, if you are a parent of an athlete who is chronically injured or seemingly always complaining about a nagging pain or a, a you know an injury that just doesn't seem to heal, please take a look at their quality and quantity of the nutrients that they are getting. All right, so let's dive in and talk about some specific nutrients. I wanna talk, of course, about protein. Protein is one of the building blocks of our cells, and it's probably the nutrient that gets the most street cred when it comes to sports. Everyone's slamming protein drinks and eating protein bars and all of that. Um, and for good reason, it is needed. It is a building block of our cells and our muscles, um, and it also can help repair skin and tendons and ligaments, and it is also a backup fuel source. So if you are playing a sport, if your child plays a sport that is longer in duration, like soccer or cross country or track or, or those types of sports, new, uh, the protein can be used as a backup fuel source once the body burns through all the carbohydrates. So um, it's important. It's definitely important. And it should make up, you know, sometimes up to about 30% of your energy intake or their, their daily uh, energy intake. Good sources would be things like lean meats, fish, nuts, seeds, eggs, um, some dairy products. Again, dairy is, is a cautionary one there if they are sensitive to it or if you have a suspicion that they are reacting to it, obviously don't put it in their diet. Uh, but other things like beans and lentils, quinoa, that type of stuff as well are good sources of protein. I also wanna talk about the other macronutrient that is good for uh, athletes and that is essential fatty acids. Now, this is still one of the ones that athletes are afraid to eat because of the 90s that put us all into a, a state of fat phobic, thinking eating fat would make us fat. Hopefully, I don't have to go on my soapbox about fats. Eat fats. We need them. But eat the right 
types of fats. We don't need trans fats. We need good quality, healthy fats. They are supportive for joints. They help in healing. They also are, and probably the most important thing for them is vitamin absorption. You've heard of fat soluble vitamins. It needs fat. Those, those specific vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K all need to be eaten with fat so that they will be absorbed. So typically for athletes, depending on their sport, depending on their age, you want to aim for about 25 to 35% of their intake as fats, as good quality, healthy fats. So the sources again would be things like fish and certain dairy products and olives and olive oils and uh, nuts and seeds, avocados, meats, those types of things all have good quality fat sources that athletes absolutely need. And then of course, we can't talk about nutrition and athletes without talking about carbs. Carbohydrates are the most important fuel source for athletes. They provide the glucose that is used. It's the number one fuel source for energy, and it's the most readily available energy source for muscles. So depending on your child's age and activity level, Carbs should be the majority of their intake, about 65%, maybe 45 to 65%, depending on their, uh, their age. And it's kind of more or less depending on their growth spurts and their, their activity as well. Um, but good sources of, that, of, of carbs, I probably don't need to tell you, it would be like whole grains, um, starchy veggies, and fruits are a good, easy grab-and-go carbohydrate source for athletes. Let's talk a little bit about some tips on how to feed your athlete or how to feed yourself if you're the athlete. The biggest tip I want to give, actually it's two. You want to focus on quality and you want to focus on variety. I bet you thought I was going to say quantity. No. Quality and variety. As parents or as coaches or as teachers or as athletes, we are bombarded with people's opinions on the best way to eat. And that is the downfall of the internet and social media, well, one of them. But when it comes to what is best for you or your kid or whatever situation you are in, nobody knows what's best except you. So what worked for one kid on a sports team may not work for another kid on a sports team. You have to take an individual approach. You have to start with each athlete as kind of a blank canvas. So things to kind of think about if you're planning out the the meals or if you're trying to teach your own athlete on how to balance their food and how to make good choices, make sure, number one would be make sure that they are getting enough for their needs. Some days they may seem like they're not hungry and that's okay. And some days they may eat everything and anything that you put in front of them. It's all normal. And really encouraging them to eat to their appetite is going to be important here. Now, the caveat with that is sometimes after sports or after running or after an intense workout, you may notice that their or your appetite is limited and lacking and that's okay if that's the pattern for you you can kind of build your own meal plan around that and know that maybe more of your nutrition is going to come prior to the the sport or the practice or the workout 
And then maybe you focus more on liquid nutrition after a workout. So that might be your protein shakes, or that might be a balanced smoothie with different proteins and nutrients in there. So if it, if you're not feeling really hungry, or sometimes even after like a long run, I might feel kind of queasy, honestly, um, knowing that you still need to repair the tissue, but sometimes a liquid nutrition kind of source is going to be a little bit easier to take in. Also, you want to, again, focus on variety. So variety, when I talk about variety, I'm talking about variety of everything. So I don't want people only eating fish or only eating chicken or only eating cucumbers. We want to get a variety. That is how you're going to get a the biggest amount of nutrients in your body. So focus on varieties of fruits and veggies, focus on varieties of protein sources, make them plant-based, make them non-plant-based. Um, get the healthy fat sources that you need. So a simple way to do that is simply mix up different nuts or seeds and kind of rotate them through. If cashews and walnuts are on sale at Costco, buy them and, and eat them until they're gone. And then the next time, maybe get the almonds and, you know, sunflower seeds. I don't know, whatever. But like figure out a way to add some variety in there and mix up the sources of the foods that you are eating and that they are eating. So again, this helps to get a variety of the essential nutrients that you need. And then another tip is encourage them to have a protein, a fat, and a carb or fiber source at each meal and snack. This helps to get the nutrients that they need. It helps to uh, aid in absorption so that they're actually going to absorb the nutrients that they need. And it helps keep their energy levels and their blood sugar levels stable. So finding like at least one or two sources of protein, fats, and carbs at each meal or snack, that is going to be super helpful for, helpful for them to get a good balance of nutrients in. And my final tip, limit sugars, sweeteners, juices, sodas, and processed foods. Notice I said limit. They're kids for crying out loud. Notice I said limit and not eliminate just limit them. This will help them keep inflammation to a minimum and it ensures they save room for more nutrient dense and supportive foods that they need for growth and recovery. Of course, they're going to have pizza nights. And of course they might have, you know, school lunch that is nothing but waffles and chicken. Like <laughs> we, we can't control, nor should we control everything that goes into our kids' mouths. But what we want to do is highlight a balance with some of those less supportive, less nutritious foods and uh, uh, getting more of the supportive and nutrition nutritious foods in. So encouraging them to, for their sport or for their growth or for their performance or for their recovery, help them emphasize the fact that these nutrient-dense foods are needed in more of a majority, but they can still have some of those other foods that maybe don't supply as much nutrition. Hopefully, this little short discussion on athletes and nutrition helps you kind of put things into perspective. There's no question that nutrition plays an important role in athletic performance and recovery. I mean, this is why professional athletes work with nutritionists and dietitians because it aids in their performance. Making healthy food choices increases the chance for optimal results on and off the field. So although nutrition information is constantly changing, encouraging your athlete to make basic healthy choices will give them the foundation that they need to grow from. So everything we just talked about is kind of the basics. It's the basics of what 
most kids and most adults need to know when it comes to how to feed themselves for athletic performance. It's the basics. You can always build upon them. There are definitely some advanced strategies that we didn't get into, but starting here, starting with the basics is key. Athletes of all ages are influenced by the nutrition choices of those around them. So including teammates, coaches, and parents. So we're heading into summertime again. At the time of this recording, we're heading into summertime. It potentially is a new seasons or different practices. It's a great opportunity for everyone to make healthier eating a priority. If this information was helpful for you, I actually put this information and more into a handy dandy guide that is called Feeding Your Student Athlete. And I put a bunch of different recipes in there that even like the youngest of athletes could make themselves. So my vision with this was I'm trying to help a mama out. So for those parents who are rushing home from work and they get home at like 530 and have to like scramble to get their kids ready to go to practice at six, I put together some of these easy, quick grab-and-go recipes that your child could make on their own if you have the ingredients there. They could make on their own and be ready to go when you get home. So if you would like this guide, you can click on the link in the show notes. I will also put it up on my website at foodfactornutrition.com. You can snag a copy. It's digital, so you can just download it and let me know if it's helpful for you. I put a lot more information too as far as like amounts of specific nutrients in there like iron and calcium and other things that are really important. We talk a lot about hydration uh, and, and the amounts of hydration and when to hydrate in this guide. And then there are some frequently asked questions I get about sports drinks and um, you know things like candy and, and other energy booster things. So I put that in the guide as well. So go ahead and snag a copy, uh, click on the link in the show notes below. Or again, go to foodfactornutrition.com. That is all for today, though. I appreciate you hanging out with me for the last couple of 20 minutes or so. If you have any questions specifically around your child's nutrition or yours as an athlete, please send me a DM on social media or shoot me an email. I'm happy to answer questions that you have. And as always, if this was helpful, share it with somebody who could use this information. There are many parents out there struggling with how to feed their athlete and if they're doing it right or wrong or whatever. And this information can be helpful for them. So please share that with somebody who is struggling with this. All right. Well, thank you again for listening and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.